1: Hello. Welcome to IntelliCast. Uh, This is Brian Lamar. I am the Vice President of Insights at EMI Research Solutions, joined today by Brian Peterson, who is our Digital Marketing Director at EMI (laughs) Research Solutions. How are you, Brian? Good. That's a little bit of a formal intro today, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know if I've ever mentioned what I do other than podcasts. I don't even know if I talk about that. (laughs) I don't think you do. Um, Special episode today. This is a fun one. Um, It is a little preview for Insights Marketing Day. For those of you that aren't attending, it is Wednesday, September 29th, which is in a couple weeks. And it kind of butts up right into Quirks in Chicago. So if you're thinking about going to Quirks or Insights Marketing Day, you can kind of do a little combination. There's other events as well, including wire events and stuff. But um, we interviewed a couple of guests that are on a panel at Insights Marketing Day. And the panel is everything you want to know from a corporate researcher but we're afraid to ask, and we have two interviews, and they're both great. One of them is Michelle Gansley. She's the VP of Global Strategic Insights for McDonald's, um, a brand that I think most people have heard of, McDonald's. Um, nice, great brand. No. And um, she will talk a lot about what her role is and what we kind of expect at Insights Marketing Day. And then we then we spoke to Sebastian Shulia-Kir. Did I say that right? Oh, you, no, you butchered it that time. shulia there you go. I can't roll my R, but um, Sebastian um, is the Global Brands Insights Director at Kellogg Company, another you know just small brand, um, a giant global um, heritage Americana brand. I would call it um, Kellogg, and uh, they're both very interesting, great interviews. Um, I will say that Sebastian used to work with a friend of mine, Roberto Simarot, who's a Georgia grad. So for you. Um, Georgia people. Um, Roberto was a classmate of mine and still a good friend of mine. And his personality, Sebastian's personality reminds me a little bit of of Roberto. Um, Used to work back in Venezuela and he worked in Latin America for a long time and now um, works for Global Brands for Kellogg. So hopefully you all enjoy these interviews Wednesday, September 29th in Chicago. And I mentioned in the podcast that right before their panel, Kristen Luck is talking about B2B marketing growth formula, which is I mean, whenever you get a chance to see Kristen Luck, um, that's an awesome experience because she's amazing. Um, then the panel, which is Michelle Gansley, Sebastian, uh, Jennifer Pembroke, who works at Wells Enterprises, and Jen Vogel's is mar- moderating, and she works at Fox Potme. Immediately after that, you have winning podcast strategies, to Amplify Your Brand. That's with um, Jamin Brazil. He's the host of Happy Market Research and a thought leader, amazing person in the industry. And so, and there's so many more. I'm not even going to get into the other um, content. Uh, Priscilla McKinney is um, also presenting uh, about um, you, sell, you don't sell to your network, you sell through it using LinkedIn to amplify visibility. She's an expert on that. And so, lots of fun stuff. So, I hope to see everybody right there. For now, enjoy the two interviews we have, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Now joined by Michelle Gansley. She is the VP of Global Strategic Insights at McDonald's. Hi, Michelle. How are you?
0: Hi, Brian. I'm doing great. Thank you.
1: I'm so excited to have you on um, to talk about this, what you're doing at Insights Marketing Day. And it's always fun to talk to um, someone that works in, um, at McDonald's. That's always cool to me. <laughs> you're going to have really cool insights, I think. Um, maybe we'll start off with that. What's what, what's kind of your background in research?
0: Um, Well, probably like most people my age, there didn't used to be programs in marketing research. (laughs) Most people I know have kind of fallen accidentally into it. So I actually started my career in marketing. I was in healthcare marketing, decided I wanted to get into consumer goods, went back to school to become a global brand manager. And then um, between my two years of MBA, I had the opportunity to do an internship at Clorox in Insights. And I was thinking, well, this will be helpful to understand the consumer for my global brand management career, but I loved it so much that I just stayed in it. And here I am 20 something years later, still doing
1: insights. No, that's awesome. Um, I'm sure you've seen a lot of change that we'll, we can talk about another time, but um, what's your kind of current role?
0: So I globally lead the um, strategic insights team at McDonald's as the name suggests Um, the way that it's put up is every market has their own Many teams. So, my team acts kind of as a hybrid center of excellence, supporting the global marketing team and connecting uh, the dots um, across markets. Okay,
1: awesome. And you will be at the um, Insights Marketing Day, which is coming up soon. And you're leading a panel discussion, correct?
0: That's right. Um, I am planning on being there for the whole day. I always think it's a great jam-packed day full of really interesting and diverse topics and the panel that I'm on is everything you want to know from a corporate researcher but we're afraid to ask so it's myself and two others who are um, very honest and candid folks you're just gonna you know have some really real combos
1: right and I would ask you what you're going to talk about but you will be you'll be getting questions from people like me so you don't really know what you're gonna be talking about is that right that's right yeah, so that's kind of interesting, too. I would think that would be kind of challenging, like, will people try to stump you? Are they going to ask you, like, really tough questions? Because you kind of open it up to, you know, if people were afraid to ask it, this is their opportunity, right?
0: Well, I hope so. I mean, that's the idea, right, is that people can ask whatever question they normally don't feel comfortable asking. Um, I've had a few of these sessions in the past, and okay. uh, I find there tends to be themes, especially – Um, If it's coming from supplier partners, you know, they often want to know, how can I be more relevant? How do I, you know, deal with this onslaught of automation and DIY? So I've never felt that I've ever been asked a question that I can't answer.
1: Yes. How do I tell you no without offending you? How do I tell you this is a really bad idea or bad design, right? right? Yeah, that happens. And some other members on that you mentioned. You kind of mentioned there's a couple others, and it looks like from Kellogg and from Wells Enterprises. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Um, I would certainly, if I were there in person, I would ask a lot of questions. I was at a conference the last two days, and today we had someone um, from the university side talking about <laughs> um, um, economics. And I must have asked 10 questions <laughs> during this session. I <laughs> so bad. Um, I try to sit up front in these conferences. I try to engage with the speakers because I've I've been a speaker numerous times. And it can be kind of scary sometimes, especially if people aren't engaged. So that's what I try to do. And I think I've gone too far the other way, asked too many questions. I don't, I don't think in this one you'll have a problem getting questions.
0: Yeah, I hope not. I mean, I, I love having dialogue with with people in the community, because that's the only way we get better is by learning both perspective and
1: walking each other's shoes. So I'm excited about it. And you, you have background on the supply side as well. So you kind of understand how we think a little bit, right?
0: Exactly. I think I'm not sure about Sebastian, but I know Jennifer well. she actually used to work at McDonald's and then we worked together at Mars Wrigley and now she's at Wells. So It just really shows how small the world is. But um, I know both of us have supplier side experience. So we've both walked in the shoes of of both corporate researchers and supplier researchers. So I think that makes for hopefully a more empathic conversation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Um, And so um, Insights Marketing Day is September 29th. Is that right? I think it's a Wednesday. Yeah, sure is. Okay, awesome. And Brian will be there and you'll be asking lots of questions, I'm assuming. I have already got a couple questions. They may be a little <laughs> bit different than
0: what you normally get, Michelle. They're going to be much more marketing focused. Like how can I get your attention to look at right. my product or solution?
2: Oh yeah. How, that kind
0: of stuff. <laughs> Those are the best kind <laughs> of questions. What? Yeah. what should I stop doing? What <laughs> annoys you? That kind of stuff.
1: That's great because I've talked to people on the client side before that get – 10, 20, sometimes more than that emails a day from vendors or potential vendors. I couldn't imagine cutting through that clutter. So that's yeah. great. That's great.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I, well, I've kind of, I, again, I've spoken at conferences where we've had these kind of like questions from both sides. And I find corporate researchers can sometimes be, um, you know, take it to negative and unempathic. So I think it's equally helpful to share what people are doing well and also what's not working because it's so much easier to tell you the horrific stories than it is to tell you like, here's example of someone doing it. Right. So, so ask us that, like give me an example of someone doing it well and not doing it well. I have written that down.
1: (laughs) So maybe do you have any quick tips for those that aren't attending or thinking about attending? Maybe some quick tips for people when you're working with corporate side researchers.
0: I think the number one thing, which seems super obvious, but I can tell you it's happened to me on probably less than one counting on one hand, is we talk so much about consumer empathy and understanding our consumers, but on the supplier side, I rarely see um, supplier organizations thinking about customer empathy and walking in the shoes of people like me and, and really taking a few seconds to not go immediately into how can we solve your problems, but What what does a day in the life of your world look like? What are your pain points? What stops you from using new vendors like us? Um, I feel like that that goes really, really far way to building
1: um, trust and um, credibility. Yeah, absolutely. Empathy, one of the sessions we had in our conference here, it was a little local Insights Associated Conference, um, a lot about empathy. Um, It was coming from um, Federal Express. So it's really cool that you mentioned the same thing. That's awesome. Yeah,
0: because I feel like we all understand our end users or, you know, in your world at EMI, you understand your customers are market research suppliers, I'm imagining. Like, yeah, you know,
1: primarily, yes.
0: In their world and then also taking it one step further, do you understand what their pain points are with us and then yep. what our pain points are with you know consumers? It's I feel like
1: we don't take time to fully understand
0: the full ecosystem.
1: So... I was going to ask, you know, if someone's thinking about attending, what will they learn? But I think that um, we covered a lot of that already. Like, I think that it's an opportunity for researchers and people like Brian in marketing, be a lot of marketers there to try to understand the best way to connect with you and understand how um, the systems kind of connect with each other. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's the intent is,
0: insights people are generally not great at marketing. So I think that, I think this originally started as a way to help insights people figure out how to do a better job of, of marketing ourselves or to others.
1: Yeah. And then i um, curious about if you can talk about it. A lot of times corporate side researchers can't talk too much because of um, privacy reasons, but like, how do you determine like maybe stepping back to McDonald's, your role there? What are your, how do you determine kind of research goals? How does that kind of happen at a giant brand like McDonald's?
0: Yeah, well, I think it's not any different than how it happens at any uh, major company, at least, is that you start with what are the business goals and what are the business questions and gaps? And from there, we create a learning plan based on what are we trying to learn and what impact are we trying to create? So I don't I think that basic framework is true for any company. Um, but how you decide what your actual research plan looks like has so much to do with um people resources money resources and
1: prioritization of business problems questions okay um well awesome yeah insights marketing day is in chicago it's september 29th um it's still in person so it's full seat ahead it's just in a couple weeks away when you're listening to this so i would encourage people to go it's my green book so it's it's right before um uh, one of the Quarks events as well so if Mm you think about going that'd be great um i Thought I'd ask you a few questions, maybe more personalized questions, Michelle. These are questions you will not get on the panel at uh-huh. Marketing Day. We take the marketing mix, the four Ps, and we kind of flipped it around a little bit, and we changed them up to some, just some kind of fun, fun personal questions. So we'll go through them. First P is perform. Um, do you? Is there something that most people don't know about you, or do you have a hidden talent?
0: I mean, I wish I had a hidden talent. I do not think in the corporate world most people know that I speak a little bit of several languages. Oh, several. Uh, semi-fluent in German, and I've basic to intermediate in Spanish and basic Dutch.
1: Oh my gosh! Um, did you did you study abroad? Did you live abroad? How did you learn
0: that? Uh, I lived in Germany and the Netherlands for four years, and then I've just been studying Spanish because I think it's a helpful language to know. But, uh, yeah, I think it's so cool to be traveling for work or for personal and be able to speak to someone in their
1: native tongue. Oh, that has to be valuable, too, since you're a global brand. Um, you know, you have, yeah, when you're reading um, verbatims in another language, you have a little bit of insight that we have seen a little bit on translation. That's, awesome. That's a great talent. Thanks. Very resourceful. Um, next one is um, Pandemic is my favorite new P. <laughs> it's nothing fun or quirky that you started doing since the quarantine started. Well, this is
0: maybe more nerdy than quirky, but since I've spent a lot, a lot of time at home, I'm used to traveling, you know, to one, 200 days out of the year. But so since we've been spending so much time at home, my boyfriend and I have been playing a lot of board and card games. Uh huh. So we've we've increased our repertoire of, of both board and card games by
1: like four x. So we spent a lot of time at home doing that. Yeah, I we did a lot of that too. I um I bought Trivial Pursuit. I bought a lot of puzzles. I in fact just bought another puzzle yesterday. Um, so that was one of my little. I haven't mentioned that on the podcast before that I was doing that. Brian, were you jumping in as well?
0: Yeah, I was just wondering, Michelle, with if you've increased the number of board games that you have now, do you have a favorite? Maybe an obscure one. Yeah, well, I'm kind of... Uh, I think of all the ones, the ones we play the most is two different games, one called Corkle and one called Azul. And the thing that the, both of them have in common, you know, a lot of board and card games are number numbers-related or moving pieces on a board-related. Both of these have to do with color, shapes, images, and the basis of the game is they're both strategy, but they have these like really nice... One's wood and the other is this kind of plastic square thing, but I don't know. It's kind of nice to use your right brain, left brain sometimes. Yeah. Okay. I had not heard of either of those games. to so no? Look those up. Work yeah. On the check them out.
1: Um, next P, pampering. Do you have any indulgences, or maybe what a top indulgence? I bet you do. Brian, <laughs> right,
0: what do you say? You that? travel a lot. You
1: have to, right?
0: Can travel be my indulgence since I spend Absolutely. all my income on it? I think uh, travel and food experiences are probably yeah. where I spend the majority of my disposable income. But yeah, I mean, I've, I've said this fact a lot of times. But for new uh, listeners, I've traveled to I think I think I'm right at 60, 61 countries. Oh my really, gosh! I try to go to at least one new country
1: a year. Oh, did you go? Have you been to a country? any new countries in the past couple of years I
0: did I managed actually in 2020 I managed to go to Jamaica and in 2021 I've been to Croatia so I'm not letting the pandemic slow me down
1: oh my gosh that's a that's kind of inspiring actually went to Croatia
0: yeah Croatia's been open this whole time too wow yeah highly recommend really beautiful country
1: yeah I've always wanted to go to Croatia that's awesome that you got to go that's amazing um yeah, I, I kind of want more P's after the first three. Um, fourth, The fourth P is pastime. One of your favorite things to do when you have free time, other than board games, other than travel, other than food, other than learning another language.
0: Uh, well, my boyfriend's a musician and both of us are very much into music and live music specifically, and he's super plugged into the Chicago music scene, so we go to a lot of small underground shows, but I also like going to big shows too, but I spend a lot of time going to see music. Awesome.
1: That's, it sounds like you're a very busy person. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, um, I don't have kids, so that does help because I have a lot of free time that a lot of people yeah. might don't have.
1: I'm, I'm kind of tired just thinking about all the stuff you do. I don't do nearly that much stuff. So I'm really impressed. Um, if you'd like to learn more about Michelle, go to Insights Marketing Day in Chicago. I think it's going to be fantastic. I'm really jealous that Brian's going to be on the panel, and I don't get to ask any questions. Maybe I'll sneak in a couple of questions before he leaves. <laughs> uh, but thank you for joining. I know that your time is very valuable, especially these times of the year when um, we have to spend our budgets, and it's a kind of a tumultuous world out there with insights. And so I know your time is valuable, so I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, of course. And I look forward to seeing you, Brian. Other oh, Brian. Um, good yeah. marketing
1: day. I'll see you there cool all right thanks Michelle
0: Insights Marketing Day is back this one day face-to-face event will be packed for industry leading speakers providing essential tips and tools to improve your company's marketing from social media to blogging, web, to growth hacking strategies, branding, and lead generation, we'll cover a range of topics that need to be addressed for a successful, comprehensive, and interconnected marketing plan. We'll talk big picture strategy and annual content calendars down to the granular level of getting more visible on LinkedIn, so you leave informed and inspired. If you're ready to get a jumpstart on making 2022 your best year ever, don't miss Insights Marketing Day. Visit insights marketing.org. Use the code PERCH, P E R C H, for 20% off your ticket price. See you there.
1: Joining me now is the Global Brands Insights Director at Kellogg Company. It is Sebastian Schuliaker. How did I pronounce your name, first of all,
2: Sebastian? Well, you did. You, you got 10 points for my last name. It's Schuliaker. <laughs> like you did justice to it. My grandfather will be <laughs> proud of you.
1: <laughs> oh, that made my day. Um, thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate it.
2: Thank you for inviting me.
1: Yes. And so I know you're the Global Brands Insight Director at Kellogg Company. That sounds like a, an awesome role. But maybe let's start off with your background and then we'll work our way up into your current role.
2: Sure. Well, um. I started my career knocking doors and asking questions to people about their laundry detergent and whatever crazy questionnaire I had that that week. So I started very, very long time ago. Then I started working in as in the client side. I worked for companies like Colgate, Palmolive, Kraft, Mondelez. And more recently, I'm working uh, at Kellogg. I started in Latin America as the Insight Director for Latin America. And for the last four years, I've been based here in Chicago, doing all the research re- um, regarding global brands. And I work with our global brands in developing tools for the future. So it's quite an interesting journey.
1: So so tools for the future, what, do, what does that entail? Does that mean products?
2: Well, we 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 are mostly concentrated in creating the brand positioning, uh, the strategic the strategic uh, target. We also focus on developing what is called the brand idea. And from the brand idea, all the campaigns are derived. I'm also responsible for the, the monitoring at global level of our brand equities. So I don't do brand track, I do brand tracking, but my brand tracking is not for advertising, it's for equity. Um, and also, I help developing the innovation strategy. so it's it's what it will hit the market probably in three to f- to five years in terms okay. of communication, positioning, and innovation.
1: That sounds like an amazing job, and a lot of responsibility, especially in the, these days with a global giant brand like Kellogg uh, monitoring that and measuring brand equity had to have its challenges, right?
2: It is very challenging these days because um especially when you work with a with a heritage brand like Kellogg, it's very, very important for consumers. And and the the old models of equity, they relied in in people understanding your brand or knowing your brand. And you know, if you have uh, the awareness, you have extra points. So imagine all our brands, they've been forever in the market. So it is a very interesting work to try to understand how to elevate and keep current occur. Um, one of our most important currencies, that is our brands. So I help in developing the learning on how to do that. And I have amazing, amazing clients internally that they are very smart and they know how to activate this with consumers.
1: I could talk to you all day about that, but I think that the reason we had you on is we wanted to talk about a panel that you're on at Insights Marketing Day. That's coming coming up on Wednesday, September 29th. You're on an awesome panel with Michelle Gansley. We spoke to her from McDonald's and a couple of other people. And the name of the panel is everything you want to know from a corporate researcher but we're afraid to ask that sounds like y'all are just accepting any question from the audience is that a fair way to put it
2: it is i hope that they have very fun questions i'm looking for it it's 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 an it's an incredible experience to be able to talk to many suppliers and helping them to create the tools of tomorrow we are in a very competitive um, environment today, not only for for us as CPGs, but also for research partners. And we are always looking for what is out there. So I'm very, very curious of what they want to ask.
1: Yeah, I am too. Uh, What an opportunity uh, because I feel like sometimes I've always, I've only worked on the supply side Mm -hmm. and sometimes... Um, you have a big job title, and you mentioned your responsibilities. Those are big responsibilities. I think sometimes we're a little bit scared to kind of ask tough questions to the brands. So I think this is such an awesome opportunity.
2: Yes, it is an awesome opportunity, and it's an op- and 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 you will be surprised how many um, suppliers they approach me um, along the year and. They come with a solution. And I always say, like, you don't even know what I do. <laughs> you <laughs> arrive to a solution. So it is it is a challenge to, to to get any client, any, any client these days. So I am I am here to help these vendors to have a more effective conversation with us as clients.
1: Yeah. I like how you put that. Sometimes, you know, we have people reach out to us with a solution and I say, that's a perfectly good solution to a business problem I don't have. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Exactly. Um, what kind of questions do you expect?
2: Like, is it... Well, I, I would say which kind of questions I'm prepared to answer. Okay. Okay. So I, I have a list here, like, you know, how do you choose a supplier? So that no. is for me, one of the questions, you know, which has the characteristic that a supplier that work for for someone in my position should look like and how I take that decision. Um, I always think that understanding the challenges that we face, and you said it really well, like I got tons of mentors calling me, I have the last AI technology, and I said, Yes, you and 10 more of them. And <laughs> I don't need an AI technology at this point. So like, I will always, you know, I, I, I always love when when a supplier approached me and said, okay, I am an expert in research, which are your challenges? You know, I always think that asking how many ad hoc research do we do? It's quite an important question. Um, then, you know, which, which type of, of, of work are we, which are, which is the journey that we are, I think that today we are in a, in a, like, like COVID put put us in a situation to rethink many things. So I will ask where, what are you rethinking, you know, how you are, how you are changing that the trajectory of the trends that you had before. So I think that those type of questions I will ask. Okay. Um, I will never ask how much is my budget. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, if, if you've heard of your brand, it's obviously large enough that people would be fortunate to work with you, um, especially brand name, that's yeah. global, absolutely. Um, you're kind of giving yeah. us a couple tips. Do you have any other tips you can give people when kind of working with you, other than don't ask budget and don't just make assumptions?
2: I would say have a clear point of view of my question and have your own point of view. One of the things that I always ask my suppliers or or the, or 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 the people that before they do a presentation on a particular research, before showing anything, I say like, what have you learned? You know, what is before you jump into the details into the into, what have you learned and i and you will be surprised how many people they go and tell you a fact with a number and i said well that is what you saw not what you learned so i think that that if that i i i always recommend to to, to vendors to have a point of view a very informed point of view
1: you know we we hear that a lot um, at conferences Um, about advising how to better consult clients is to offer stronger recommendations and have a stronger point of view. Um, And I'm not sure why our industry, or at least on the supply side, we've never got there. I think that, again, I think we're a little bit scared and we don't, obviously we don't know the brand as well as you do, but I think there's some hesitancy there.
2: I would say that at the end of the day, we are researchers. So if something that we know is how to make, how to do questions. Yeah. So do a focus group with your. Try to do, do kind of a focus group or IDI with your client. Ask them, okay, which are your, your issues? Where are your pain points? What is, right. and then so you can have a point of view. Don't assume, don't assume that you know the client. Like, do you know how many times I have a supplier coming to us at Kellogg and suddenly they said things like, well, people are having more breakfast in Starbucks than before. That is affecting your category. And I look at them and say, do you think that we don't know that? <laughs> I mean, we are Kellogg. We created a category. We know yeah. it. <laughs> so, like, sometimes it's, it's very hard to to have very interesting and, and motivating and, and, and accelerating uh, business discussions. So if you are a researcher, do your research, talk to your, talk to your, to your clients, try to understand what, what, in which journey are them and have a point of view on how to help them. Don't assume anything. Right. And that is basically how we do research. Yeah. So use your own techniques. Right. I think for some reason, um
1: marketing researchers as an industry is not good at serving its own people and get and using the same methodologies we've created over the generations now. For some reason we're not good at that. I don't know why that is either. Um Yeah. Great. So next i love, is there anything else unique that you do at Kellogg that you'd like to share?
2: Uh, well, I think that in the way that we are organized is quite unique at a certain point because where, where I am located, that I am in the global team, the global team is not in charge of the execution. And we, that means that we don't create global campaigns. We realize that campaigns need to be local, but what we create in the center is the brand idea. That from there, the, we consider taking taking the brand idea and turning it into a piece of communication, um, a way of executing the brand. So like, we don't have global campaigns. We don't put everything from the center. We just give markets the the tools to execute in the best way possible.
1: Okay. Um, Again, this is Insights Marketing Day. I'm looking at the agenda and It's action-packed. Right before you, Kristen Luck is speaking from Scalehouse as the keynote. I'm not sure if you know Kristen, but she's amazing. I would recommend um, listening to her. And then right after is Jamin talking about podcast strategy. Um, And Jamin's amazing too. Um, Yeah. Do you have any other reasons or why should they attend other than what I just mentioned? This sounds like an awesome panel and some other good speakers as well.
2: I think that it will be a very interesting uh, kind. Uh, uh, you know, we have a lot of these conferences that we try, that, that the industry try to put us together, the clients and the vendors in the same page, in the same place, sorry. I think that this is quite unique because there is a lot of candid conversations. And I think that that is brilliant so I'm yes. very looking forward to network. It is a great opportunity to, to network. I love to network with suppliers and with other professionals in, in in the industry, so it will be an exciting day and a very well-deserved day to see each other face-to-face.
1: Yeah, I, th- I just went to a conference last week. Um, we had a little local Insights Association conference and mm-hmm. Brian was there too, and uh, we recorded the podcast there a little bit. And it was just so awesome to see people in person. Um, you can learn so much more about someone in person in ten minutes than you can yeah. in a normal way. So I'm envious that you guys get to be there. Brian gets to be there yeah. as well. Um, Thank you. Maybe we should let's let's kind of move on to the more personal questions. Um, Avila. We take the four P's, the marketing mix P's, and we kind of flip it around to try to get to know our guests a little bit more personal level. Um, So the first P is perform. And what is something that people don't know about you? Do you have hidden talent of any sort?
2: Well, I don't know if it's a talent, but I would say that only few people know that I know how to serve. That oh. I I lived in Costa Rica that is a great place for surfing, so I learned how to surf there. And it's something that people that know me will never guess <laughs> that I can do something like that. But I can surf. That's I amazing. Think.
1: That's one of my favorite yeah. ones. Um, yeah. Next one is pandemic, which is it's my favorite question, or it used to be um, – what is something fun or quirky that you started doing once the quarantine started? And I, I started this and I'll tell the same story over and over again. I got addicted. I, I'm a, I'm a big avid sports fan. And mm-hmm. if you remember last year during the quarantine, all sports were canceled. And so I got a, I got addicted to watching marble racing on YouTube. Oh my God. And to this day, I still watch marble racing and that's kind of how we started this question. Anything fun or quirky that you started doing during the pandemic?
2: Well, I would say um, being inside allowed me to let my OCDs run wild. Okay. So I organized, reorganized, and organized again the, ho- the house so many times. I don't even have more closets to organize. So I got even, it got even scarier to the point that I started looking at real estate. <laughs> So just for fun. So I, I I become I became kind of this person that organized everything.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Um <laughs> yeah. pampering as an what is one of your um indulgences?
2: Well, this is this is very on brand for me. I take frosted flakes, I sprinkle um chocolate chips and I put it in the microwave. And then when it's out, I kind of shake it so the chocolate dissolves a little bit over the over the the hot, the the, the warm, hot um, flakes. And then I put very, very cold milk and it sounds and it's a delicious, delicious um dessert.
0: Oh. I can tell by your face, Brian, you are uh.
1: going to do that this week. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to try that, number one. I strongly
2: recommend it. Like all the things that you could do with cereal, it, it is amazing. But Frosted Flakes with chocolate chip, microwave, 30 seconds, a minute, and then really, really cold milk, you will be surprised.
1: You know, we have some food enthusiasts that listen to our podcast. And a lot of it started because for a long period of time, we spoke about Publix, the supermarket, which I'm sure you're well aware of. Um, for a long time, and I I have a friend that couldn't come on the podcast because of branding reasons. However, they did give me a lot of secret recipes. I think that I we have to have a standard question for anyone that's even closely related to food. They always have good tricks like this. That's amazing. Oh, yeah.
2: That is an amazing thing. It's 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 delicious, and 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 the smell that goes with these warm corn. Um, Frosted flakes, it's it's amazing. So I I strongly recommend you to try it, Ryan. We'll be doing I, the ha-
0: office. I have to ask, what kind of chocolate chips are we talking? Normal semi-sweet, milk chocolate, dark chocolate, what?
2: Well, I would I will say that I would say that it's never enough chocolate chips. <laughs> so just choose your favorite. Mine, right. it has to be dark chocolate. Okay. It counters balance the sweet of the frosted flakes, but I love it. I I love also milk, but like don't be skimpy in your in your in your chocolate chips. Put a lot of them.
1: Okay. Last P, we should end with that one maybe. Yeah. Pastime. What is your favorite thing to do when you have some free time?
2: Well, I like to cook. I am. I, I mean, no surprise. I work in the food industry, so I love to cook. But I love to to recreate re- recipes from Latin America that they have kind of uh, an emotional uh, context for me. So I, I, I've been learning how to make a lot of, a lot of um, Latin food. So yeah. that is what I'm trying to do.
1: Yeah. Well, um, Sebastian, thank you so much for joining. Um, so entertaining. If the panel is anything like this podcast, the people are in for a treat especially as you interact with some, hopefully people kind of throw some random questions at you. Um,
2: I will answer. I hope so. (laughs) All right. Thank you for joining
1: and have a great rest of your day, Sebastian. Thank you.
2: Thank you. This podcast is a part of
1: the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.